I finally just was like, well, not believing and not being who I am certainly isn't working for mm -hmm. me. So mm -hmm. I might as well actually just give it a shot to be myself. The moment that I did, everything started changing, but it was just the universe confirming to me, I got you and I will show you things you only ever dreamed were possible before. Welcome, I'm Alyssa Nobriga, your host of the Healing and Human Potential podcast, a place for you to discover the multidimensionality of what it means to be human. Over the past 20 years, I've trained thousands of coaches in my methodology, leveraging my experience as a former psychotherapist, and I'm here to share with you all the wisdom and insights that I've learned along the way. Each week, I'll share with you life-changing tools to support you in awakening and manifesting your dream life from the inside out. We'll be exploring the intersection between ancient wisdom and modern everyday life, really diving deep into the art of human potential through the lens of psychology, spirituality, and coaching. Let's let the magic unfold. In this episode, we're diving into how to live your most authentic life and really stay true to yourself, even if you feel pressures from your family or society. We dive into the difference between what is the voice of fear versus intuition. And I give you a really powerful exercise that you can use to start strengthening your inner knowing and confidence in your intuition. My guest today, Mia Magic, shares ancient and practical wisdom to help you live your most magical and authentic life. She's reclaiming the truth of the word witch, meaning wise person, and shares simple yet powerful rituals that we can use and incorporate into our daily lives and routines. So talk to us about your magical life. Have you always lived a magical life or did, has there been a journey to stay true to believing in magic again? Oh my goddess, I think that there's no way to just have a magical life 100% of the time. That would be really awesome. <laughs> I would love to snap my fingers and make that spell come true. But no, I think like every hero's journey, I had a really long, dark period in the abyss. Many years of being bullied and tormented by kids at school for being such a loser, which turns out, hindsight, <laughs> uh, they were the losers. I was actually the one that knew what was up. And... I wouldn't trade lives with any of those people now. Yeah. But yeah, I, I listened to other people's intuition, other people's projection, other people's ideas of what I was supposed to be, what life is supposed to look like, what's possible, what's not. So yeah, I had a really magical childhood, very magical young life. We're both from Northern California. So living we, in the Redwoods, by yeah, the way, which exactly. is my favorite place to be. Yeah. Mendocino County is incredible. Yeah. I'm from Humboldt, slightly farther north, but yeah. same, same on the vibe. Yeah. And yeah, just like very enchanted forests, literally and figuratively. And they're very, they're the oldest and largest living beings on the planet. So there's a lot of mystical wisdom and information if you sit and listen to it. So I felt deeply connected to that as a little girl and just lived in my fairy tales all the time. And then once I, you know, became like a preteen, which is an awkward time for everyone, <laughs> uh, was particularly awkward for me. Uh, I just really received so much backlash and so mm -hmm. much being made fun of and torture and just like ridicule and rejection and abandonment by my peers for believing the things that I did that I just shut them down. And so gradually from like the age of 11, when I started at, at uh, public school through high school and into college, I just was pretending to mm -hmm. be who I thought mm -hmm. I was supposed to be mm -hmm. or who it would require me to be in order to be accepted. Yeah. And turns out 
I was only being accepted by people that like wanted a version of me that wasn't authentic and yeah. wasn't my real self. Yeah. And a version that made them feel safe or made them feel comfortable or that because they were hiding too, they could be in resonance with. Mm -hmm. And it was never, I, I didn't have people that thought like me or believed like I once had or could help remind me who yeah. I was yeah. originally. And so, yeah, there was a long journey of deep depression and inner turmoil and feeling completely lost, having no direction and purpose. And ultimately, you know, you're a therapist. I, I worked with a therapist and at one point he told me that my pain is what actually drew me to my magic. Yes. Because yes. at the end of who knows which day, which year, which month, where I just kept hitting these rock bottom moments of frustration and sadness and pain, I, I finally just was like, well, not believing and not being who I am certainly isn't working for mm -hmm. me. So mm -hmm. I might as well actually just give it a shot to be myself and to believe what I once believed that gave me so much joy and so much hope when mm -hmm. I was a little girl. Mm -hmm. And the moment that I did, everything started changing. Mm -hmm. I, I started seeing magical things happen. I would have these miracles that were like with money where my bank account was empty and I would keep spending money and I would never get withdrawn, overdrawn or like it would just keep being there. And I was like, how is this happening? I don't know. Mm -hmm. But it was just the universe confirming to me, I got you. Yeah. Keep uncovering more of who you are. Keep following the breadcrumbs and I will show you things you only ever dreamed were possible before. And I think that's beautiful and such a testament to the work that you've done to stay true because I know it's so hard to stay true when we are being conditioned to conform. And I want to dive into that topic. Yeah. And, you know, middle school happens to be an initiation for many of us <laughs> around identity, belonging, yeah. Yeah. you know, all of that. And it can continue in our lives. Yeah. But before we dive into some of that, can you share with us what is a witch? Why have we been conditioned and commercialized to fear witches? But what is your definition? So the word witch just means wise. It's mm -hmm. like one with wisdom, one who sees or knows it's an old English and Germanic word that was basically the village healer. It's what would be our modern medicine doctors. Woman. Exactly. Yeah. Medicine woman or person, the person who knows how to work with the astrological energies because astrology is the oldest science on earth. The person who knows how to work with the plants and connect with each of their medicinal frequencies in order to help heal the sick. The person who is, you know, there to give counsel to anyone mm -hmm. who needs it. And so- from my perspective, I think everyone's a witch, obviously, <laughs> but it's just about your wisdom. Mm -hmm. So there are Buddhist witches and tantric witches and healing witches and all the different kinds of witches because it's just about your wisdom. Mm -hmm. So are you allowing what you learn in your life to be conceptual knowledge? It's like, oh, I heard this thing or I learned this thing, but what am I doing about it? Mm -hmm. And to be a witch is just to live that knowledge embodied. And that's the difference between knowledge and wisdom mm -hmm. is that you're actually embodying it. It's integrated. You've implemented those lessons in your life. And so for me, I've learned so many of my lessons from nature. Mm -hmm. It's my greatest teacher. Mother Earth is the one who always shows up for me and always guides me. And so my embodied wisdom is knowing that connecting to nature and the natural world and this planet as if she is a living sentient deity upon whose skin we're just bacteria, that gives me 
so much guidance and so much clarity and I hear her voice and I know how to sing her songs that it makes my soul feel fulfilled. Mm -hmm. So my wisdom is just that, wow, this is really something that works. This is supportive. This helps. And everyone's wisdom looks different. Mm -hmm. So everyone gets to be a witch and you don't have to wear the pointy hat or even (laughs) identify with the word. But if you live your life in accordance with your wisdom, you're a witch. Beautiful. And why did we get commercialized to fear witches? Like what do you share some of your insight about that? Because I think it's an important conversation we have. Yeah. Well, witches, again, if you know how to work with the plants and the energies, you're sovereign, you're autonomous, you're not easily controlled. You don't have anyone telling you what to do. And when they do, you're like, okay, no, like, (laughs) thanks so much. I'm good. Actually, that's not the path for me. Yeah. And so when the church, there's a lot of history we could go go into, but when the church took over and people say like, oh, the fall of the Roman Empire, the Roman Empire never fell. It became mm-hmm. the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. The Roman Empire mm-hmm. is still alive and well yeah. in Vatican City, um, still ruling the world from like this tiny little place in, in, in Italy. So when the church took over, anyone who was sovereign, anyone who was autonomous, anyone who was powerful, anyone who was different— became dangerous, a danger to the status quo. They're hard to control. Uh, Anyone who was relating to nature as God was then villainized and victimized and often tortured. There were so many of these like crazy things. Like if you put a witch on an iron chair, her skin was going to be burnt. Mm. But what they would actually do is violently torture and mutilate people during these trials, which were not actually trials. Mm -hmm. And then they would bring them onto this iron chair and shove them down onto the chair as if it's the chair that's making them burn rather than them being totally violated and and mutilated underneath their skirts. Because of fear and control. Because of fear and control and power and because of changing the relationship that our species had to the divine Mm -hmm. rather than it being all around us and this sacred mother-father dynamic duo that's Mm -hmm. caring for us and guiding us and giving us all this land and all this air and the birds and the bees and the trees and every single resource that we've utilized throughout our entire species if you look at that original dynamic duo, God and goddess, mother and father, mother changed to father. So God S became God and then father changed to devil. Mm. And those hooved beings, those like cows, bulls, goats, rams, sheep, those horns are the shape of the womb. And so for hooved animals, again, like cows and sheep and goats, those animals, you didn't need to kill them to survive. They would give you milk and they would sustain you Mm -hmm. for however long, like their entire lifetime. And the masculine version of that had these horns. Mm -hmm. But even that masculine side, that shape of its face, of its skull is the shape of the womb and the ovaries. So that's why those animals were very sacred and considered to be like the father god. And then instead of it being the father, we changed the father into the devil and made it this evil thing Mm -hmm. and something to be afraid of and that we need to watch out for. And the devil's going to come inside of us and give our power to something else so that then we're okay. There's so many, I mean, again, it's like hours and hours of history that we could talk about, but witches became bad because they were the ones who were helping people. And they were empowered and that feared, you know, others feared that, and then they couldn't control them. I want to read this excerpt from my favorite book in the world, Uh A New Earth. Okay. Eckhart Tolle, if anybody has not watched or listened to this book, read it, 
it is the book that changed my life that I have read 35 times. Oh my God, I love it. Least. And okay, I don't great. know if you've heard this, but I want to read it because it's exactly and well, it, let's go. It just I blew my mind. So if the balance, this is Eckhart Tolle, if the balance between male and female energies had not been destroyed on our planet, the ego's growth would have been greatly curtailed. We would not have declared war on nature, and we wouldn't be so completely alienated alienated from our being. Nobody knows the exact numbers because those weren't kept, but a th- over a 300 period of time, three to five million women were tortured and killed by the Holy Inquisition, an institute founded by the Roman Catholic Church to suppress heresy. This sure ranks together with the Holocaust as one of the darkest chapters in human history. The sacred feminine was destroyed and declared demonic, and other religions also suppressed the feminine through less violent ways. And so women's status was really reduced to childbearing and men's property. Males also denied the feminine within themselves, and then they were then running the world, and the rest is history. Yeah. Yeah. That's the Reader's Digest. For yes. And so I just think it's good to context and start having critical thinking for ourselves. Like, what is the agenda or why do I fear something that I don't know? And so I just want to context that yeah. because I think it's important, which means wise person. Yeah. You know, and when we're sovereign in our own being, we're connected to nature. It doesn't need to be that, you know, some people more earth oriented, others are more galactic or exactly more, like connected to the stars. So whatever your truth and your medicine is, stay true to that. And yeah. I think that's a big part of what I hear you living and expressing and inviting people into their authentic truth. Yeah. And, and to find the balance because neither is right. We cannot shut down the masculine. We cannot shut down the feminine. We have to have both sides. Yes. And that's living in wisdom also. Mm-hmm. That's aligning with nature. There is both. All We wouldn't survive without the pollinators, yeah. right? We need the masculine. It takes two to tango. And this Holy Inquisition, you know, three to five million women during that period of our species, that was a massive percentage mm-hmm. of the population mm-hmm. on earth. And even the word propaganda comes from part of the Inquisition and part of the Catholic Church. It was a department to propagate, propagare, to propagate the the faith. Mm-hmm. And the the problem was is that it wasn't a, hey, this is a beautiful relationship that I have with God, and I would love to invite share it you with you, you. <laughs> invite you into it. Let me tell you about it. It was like, if you don't change your relationship to God right now, I'm going to kill you and your entire family. Mm-hmm. Are you open to converting? Mm-hmm. And that, that was the alternative, mm-hmm. death. Mm-hmm. So that's how this change so quickly and so rapidly and why three to five million women, some say even up to nine million women were killed during that, that period of the Inquisition. And if you look at Leonard Schlein's book, which is one of my favorite books, The Alphabet Versus the Goddess, he talks a lot about how the shift in language, so from pictographic hieroglyphic language, right? Very feminine. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is a picture of a bird. It means bird. Mm-hmm. And then we change to abstract language. So it's like, oh, this symbol and this symbol and this symbol all together means this word. And that takes a totally different part of our brain to process. And that when we shifted from processing information through the feminine side of our brains to processing through the masculine side of our brains, that's really when this patriarchal shift in our relationship to the divine or to God transformed. Mm-hmm. And and it really played in. There was like a, yeah, there's a, again, so much more to be spoken about, but I think it ultimately comes from people who are in fear of their own power. Mm -hmm. Because if you 
are happy and fulfilled and satisfied within yourself, you're not really trying to take anything from anyone else or do anything to anyone else or make their way of living wrong. It doesn't really matter to you. Mm -hmm. And so I think that there's, you know, we can't, if I had a time machine, that would be the first place I would go back to. It's like, let me check out what was really happening Mm -hmm. because I don't know how those original people got so wounded and Mm -hmm. came from mothers, came from women, just like everyone does, and then turned Mm -hmm. so violently against the the very people that brought them into the world. But yeah, as as Eckhart said, you know, the rest of our history has really been insane. And this is the why this is the reason why we start doing healing work within ourselves yeah. first. And then we are an expression and an example to live differently, to end trauma through generations and that it doesn't get passed forward. So it yeah. ends with us. Totally. And so part of that healing journey, and I know we just got back from Africa. We did indeed. <laughs> and I, we were, we're on safari and we're looking at all these animals that come together. And really we are communal beings. Mm-hmm. We survive in safety in numbers and we need each other. And so we want to conform because we're accepted and then we survive. We belong. Physically, psychologically, we need each other. Yeah. And yet we want to be accepted. So we disown parts of ourselves. And clearly you've had to overcome stereotypes to stay true to yourself. And I'm blessed and I'm so grateful that you have, because I think just being around your presence gives other people permission to be fully themselves wild, quiet, whatever their truth is, you know? And yeah. and so what would you share with somebody that feels like they want to express themselves more fully with their family or with their friends or just even within themselves? What are some of the wisdom that you would share with them around that? Well, I think the first thing is like we're talking about that society has a specific way of showing or telling us like what's valuable, what's worthy, mm-hmm. what's important. Mm-hmm. And that's not ever something that has to be true for you. Yeah. Like figure out what it is for you. If if you find yourself expressing more to be seen and you actually have like the greatest mission would be for you to figure out what it looks like to see yourself and know how to express within yourself, then great. But my biggest piece of advice is just like feeling into who you were as a little person, mm-hmm. who you were as a child before anyone told you not to, or that your ideas were stupid, or that there was something wrong with you, before you sort of took on those conditioned societal beliefs, and just tune in with that person. Because for me, that's who loved these fairy tales, and Mm -hmm. who was like, fairy tales feel more real than the world around me does. Mm -hmm. This world feels fucked up, quite Mm -hmm. honestly. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't like these people. They're not cool. Like, they feel sad and depressed. This is not right. Mm -hmm. So despite all the years I tried to fit in with the world like that, I realized, okay, wait a second. What did I believe as a little girl? Mm -hmm. I believed that the world could be magical and I could have this magical relationship with a cat and that the goddess could guide me everywhere I go, the great mother, and that nature was alive and had these spirits in it that were communicating with me and supporting me as I, as I went about my way. Now, you are perfectly welcome to think that that is fucking crazy, (laughs) but it works for me Yeah, and it makes me feel good. And so I would say for anyone, like, what is the thing that makes you feel good? What is the thing that makes you feel alive? That makes you feel connected to, again, you don't even have to call it God or the goddess, but your relationship to the universe and life itself. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And Whatever that thing is, when you notice, because a big thing that happens with the witch wound, right? Like Mm -hmm. all these people, it exists within all of us. 
our power was not safe. Our wisdom was not safe. Spending time in nature was not safe. Doing rituals with other people was not safe. Like all of it, the consequence was death. So the witch wound really does touch us when we think about expressing ourselves fully, when we mm-hmm. think about doing magical mm-hmm. acts and practices. I still, when I go out into nature, sometimes I just have this terror mm-hmm. that someone's going to come and get me. Mm-hmm. Like someone's going to come after me. I'm going to be out there just like living my best life in the forest and I'm just going to get cut into pieces and that's just what's happening. And even for people that don't have the witch wound, we still have upper limits. And so we've got upper and lower limits. There's this experience of I need to conform within this range of my community. Otherwise, I'm going to be a threat or dangerous, either negative projection, envy, jealousy, or I'm not keeping up with the group. And so even if they don't have that witch wound, there's still upper and lower limits that as we start to expand and if others don't, are we okay? Are we safe? There's this unconscious danger. Look at her translating for me. Y'all love this so much. I love you. Yes. Yeah, to me, I do feel like everyone does have a witch wound because it means wisdom. Like, mm-hmm. okay, that's what the upper and lower limits are. Yeah. Is like, how has your wisdom been harmed or shut down? Mm-hmm. Whether it's like the dreams you have for your destiny in this lifetime. Again, upper limits, like mm-hmm. what you feel like you can achieve, what your parents or the generations before you programmed you to believe that you could achieve. In particular, I find that as we're claiming our power and working towards our destiny, the hardest parts are fully expressing ourselves. So you're asking about like, how do we express ourselves with our family? What worked for me is learning it so deeply, again, that difference between knowledge and wisdom, that I felt really confident talking about it. I, I knew my shit. I had answers to questions that people would ask. Uh, I felt really good about being, but it's evil and like wisdom. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, so I'm just like, well, here's all this information that means that it's not evil. Mm -hmm. And people are like, oh, okay, cool. And then with my family, it was really about, are they witnessing how it's changing my life? Yeah. Is it creating marked transformation for me that is impacting my, you know, at least a lot of parents, it's like finances. Mm -hmm. So definitely once I started really making money, then they were like, oh, maybe she's not crazy, Mm -hmm. you know? (laughs) But there are plenty of other things. It was my own happiness. It was my reaction to things. It was how little I would get triggered by them with the old things that used to trigger me like crazy. Mm -hmm. And all of those pieces made them feel more accepting to what I was believing because I didn't need to tell them about it. Mm -hmm. They saw it. Mm -hmm. I was showing it to them through the way that I was operating. So that's a really great way in terms of being with your family. But the most important thing is just listening. It's just listening and and feeling all those stories when they come up. Oh, if you do this, you know, people are going to hate you or people are going to think you're stupid or they're going to think you're crazy or you're going to get locked up or whatever it is. As long as you're not harming anyone else, give it a shot. Yeah. Go for it. See what happens. Because again, I, I have experienced many miracles in my life and I know you have too, and we can call them all different things. And you and I can sit here like being totally different types of witches and yet really wield the wisdom Mm -hmm. that we have cultivated within our lives to create so much magic and beauty. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that's ultimately what it looks like is like you and I are doing it in totally different flavors and frequencies. And yet the essence of it is the same. It's healing. And it's the potential that we have as human beings to access our spiritual gifts and connect with our true nature and essence and let that be what we 
emanate and transmit in the world. Yeah. And given that life's a mirror, if we feel awkward about something inside of ourselves, we're going to reflect and see other people judging us or um, we're going to want to hide and conform. But if we can really be with the parts of ourselves that are scared, that want attention, that don't feel safe, as we accept and embrace that, we feel more confident, we share ourselves. And then, you know, pe- like the sexiest thing is yeah. when somebody <laughs> walks into a room and they just own themselves so yeah. fully, you just fall in love with them. Yeah. So there's an energy around it, but it starts from the inside. Yeah. So working with the parts of us that don't feel like they belong and we start to belong to ourselves, we start to feel more integrated. We share that in the world. And like what I'm hearing you say is we test out being a little bit more true, a little bit more honest. And as totally. we do that, things start to really align in yeah. our lives. Yeah. And it can look like your clothes. It can look like how you share on social media. It can look like the kinds of activities you do, you know, workshops you go to, mm-hmm. how you spend your weekends, like start small and the start conversations you have with people. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's everything. Imagine having a fulfilling career, doing what you love, working from anywhere in the world, setting your own hours while making good money and a big impact. If that lights you up, then I'm super excited to share with you today's sponsor, the Institute for Coaching Mastery. This is my robust, accredited, year-long certification program for newer seasoned coaches, therapists, leaders, and those just looking to up-level their life in a profound way. We have an amazing community of students from all around the world who have really started their journey to expand with us both personally and professionally. And this experience is designed to give you the three things that you need to thrive. So first, you have all of the tools and support you need to move past what's been holding you back so that you can completely change the trajectory of your life. And then you learn how to masterfully and confidently facilitate transformation with your clients or your team, regardless of your niche, if you wanna do health, business, relationship, or you just have no idea yet, we hold your hand through that. And then lastly, you'll receive my Six Figure and Beyond signature roadmap that's customizable to meet you wherever you are. So whether you want to do high ticket sales, online marketing, or you just want to hit six figures without ever needing to go on social media, we've got you covered. And this truly is the most rewarding work in the world. We have new students now who have a wait list of dream clients in under a year. We also have seasoned students who are doing $80,000 months. And this is really about creating lasting transformation from the inside out so that you can share your gifts and serve the world in all the ways that you're called to. And I've seen firsthand the power of what happens when you have the community to collaborate with, but you also have the right tools and resources to really thrive. And so whether you wanna do your own personal development, you're wanting to become a coach, or you're just looking for a cutting edge approach to really grow your business, the Institute for Coaching Mastery is for you. You are held every single step of the way. And so if you want to get behind the scenes access to the Institute with three proven transformational tools for free to help you create the business and life you love, all you have to do is go to alissanobriga.com forward slash tools, or you can find us at alissanobriga.com forward slash apply now to see all the details and apply today. You know, I'm in the depths of my second book right now, and I put so many rituals into my first book and the second book is called Ritual. So it's like all about rituals. I'm like, wow, I really put a lot of rituals into the first book. (laughs) And as I'm writing it, it's just so obvious that it's not about how you do the specific rituals. It's how you show up for the ritual of your life. That's right. And I want to get into that in a moment for <laughs> sure, because that is the a sacred way of living. Like yeah. The, the, what we're doing with our daily lives is everything. Yeah. Those small micro changes. 
But before we dive into that, yeah. so we got invited to speak on stage with our dear friend, Sahara, for uh-huh. one of her events. And traveling with you, I felt like <laughs> I got on the magic carpet ride of Mia Magic. So, like, and you have a way of living and a way of navigating the world that I have never seen anybody else play with the law of assumption. Just like, oh yeah, I'm gonna have that. That's gonna happen. Oh, we're gonna get front of line. Like, my, I'm like rule follower. You're like, uh, uh-uh, we're not waiting. It's just like the way you show up. I was like, I have this backstage pass. I have this magic carpet ride to whatever you wanted to create. So fun. Tell us your secrets. Tell us how you live without those limitations to just like say yes to what it is you want. (laughs) I love you. That was so funny. Yeah. I mean, it is, I want to ride on a magic carpet. So I'm just kind of like, yeah. So I'm just kind of like, well, I'd rather make it like this than this unfortunate, like, ho hum. Oh, was stuck in this line for so long. Also, you know, I don't tend to follow rules at all. (laughs) I don't, I don't really see my uh, rules applying to myself very often. So that helps. Um, but I think that, you know, the tool of imagination. Mm. Yeah is so potent and so powerful. And so if I imagine myself, and that's one of the things that I think is really unique about me and the way that I do it, that I know you feel is like, and this has been something so beautiful in our friendship is like, I don't, I'm not trying to make my power be power over anyone, but I'm going to be as fucking powerful as I can be. Yeah. And so that's a big part of it is like, I'm imagining that I can have literally whatever I want, make any dream come true, snap my fingers and bring something to fruition. And so if I feel like there's a rule that's sort of like in my way of doing that, I, as again, as long as I'm not hurting anyone, I'm gonna just kind of like break through that barrier, both because it's what I wanna do and I'd rather do what I wanna do than not, Yeah. period. (laughs) And, and also like, it is a reclamation of this power that's been taken from us. Like where women weren't allowed to do what they Mm -hmm. wanted and you had to just sit quiet and be told what to do and where to go and what to say and what to wear. And if you didn't do it again, you were dead or locked away. You know, you look at some of the old stories of like what happened in Ireland, any young woman who was impregnated out of wedlock was just locked away and Mm -hmm. enslaved for the rest of her life. And her baby was given to someone else to adopt. And like, that was it. And nobody even talks about it. There's all these secrets to what has happened to mm-hmm. women over the last 2,000 years. And it years. runs deep in our cells and epigenetics and it keeps, so this trauma can get passed down. It runs deep. Totally. But I would love to hear a specific story. Okay. Because of, of, yeah. I also know your conditioning, you know, you were raised by parents that are a little bit more free thinking. So yeah. that helps. Yeah. And these rules are yeah. quote unquote made up. Yeah. And so I love this hack of magical thinking yeah. because it is like I'm writing the story but I would love to hear a grounded scenario or story of how I know, this you're played so, out. Um, I'm like on the grounding. Okay. So like sp- specifics. Um, like where you felt a limitation and you're like, did your magic spell? Oh yeah. Okay. Well, so, <laughs> so one of my favorites is, um, so my purse got stolen a few years ago and I was on my way to a retreat in Sedona. So my, I, you know, back then I had like one credit card and one debit card and that was it. It was like, the, this is my access to money. So of course, like I called the debit card company, got them to like rush one, a debit card to me. The credit card wasn't going to come. It's like, okay, at least I'll have the debit card. I've got money in my account. I'll be fine. Somehow someone went into my mail 
and tried to activate the debit card that wasn't me. So they canceled it again. And then we're like, oh, we have to send you another one. And I'm like, well, I'm leaving on this trip tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to Sedona. I'm, I'm going on a retreat. I, I need money. I need money. Mm -hmm. They were like, sorry. <laughs> I was like, okay, great. <laughs> so I got to like pay for gas. I'm driving myself to Arizona. What the fuck am I going to do? So I had $150 in my Venmo account. And I visited a friend in Pasadena on my way out of town. And I was like, hey, girl, can you give me 150 bucks in cash and I'll Venmo you what I got in my Venmo account? She's like, sure. So I drive to Arizona. Luckily, I had like three quarters of a tank already. Put like $60 worth of gas. I was went back when filling up an SUV was only $60. <laughs> Drove the rest of the way to Sedona. Got to the retreat. I'm staying in this like palatial estate in Sedona. So magical. Have the whole experience with the retreat. We go to one little photo exhibit. I pay another $20. So now I've spent $80 of that money. I end up reaching out because this house had so many synchronicities, mm -hmm. insane synchronicities. And I reached out to the guy who was managing the Airbnb. And I was just like, bro, like this house speaks to my soul. I like, I don't know what to tell it, but like there's some magic here for me. He's like, you know what? We don't have anyone else staying there for three more days. Why don't you just stay? It's like $3,000 a night, this house. <laughs> and he's like, why don't you just stay there and like enjoy yourself? I'm like, Yes, okay, I will. <laughs> like, don't mind if I do. So I stay, I somehow managed to like survive eating. I don't know, there was like leftovers from the retreat in there. So I'm like eating the food in there because I have no way to buy any food. <laughs> then the teacher who guided us outside in nature, our like hiking guide, he was like, you know, I feel like you're sp still not supposed to leave Sedona. Like you should stay, come stay with me for a week. So I stay with him. I'm like, bro, I have to tell you something. Like, I'm sorry, but I have no money. Like, it's weird. I can Venmo you later, but like, I'm in a weird situation. He's like, honestly, I don't care. Like, trade me stuff. So I was like coaching him, giving him tarot readings. We were like going back and forth on all this mystical stuff. Finally, it's been like two and a half weeks that I've been in Sedona <laughs> and only spent the $80 out of the $150 that I had. Then I'm leaving and the guy goes, oh, I have to take my friend to the Phoenix airport tomorrow. And I was like, oh my God, Dennis, please like, let me take her. Like, mm -hmm. let me do anything for mm -hmm. you. And he's like, okay, but I'm paying for the gas. And he gave me $40 to like take this girl to the airport. And so of course, I think I spent another like 60 bucks on gas on the way home, but that only cost me another 20. So I managed in two and a half, almost three weeks to spend $100 when like I was in this beautiful mansion. experience and mansion. And that was such a mind fuck, yeah. quite honestly. Yeah. Like I could not believe that that had happened. And that was one of the beginning stories and miracles of how I was like, okay, even the, even the, the rules that I think apply to like physical world reality, money yeah. or survival or any of these things, whoa, like I can, I can bend this situation or mm -hmm. like this situation bent for me. Yeah. I didn't do, or I didn't think I did anything. Yeah. It felt like it was just like dragons and fairies and little <laughs> creekside nymphs supporting me. <laughs> and so I watched the rules of reality change mm -hmm. around mm -hmm. me and in response to me. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time really 100%. There was a bunch of things like in those surrounding years, but that was one of the first things where I was like, okay, 
There are no rules. Yeah, you're making it up. They don't exist. And yet I hear some pillars that I want to highlight. Okay, good. Because yeah, see, ground it. See, this is what well, we're here for. Well, because it's like, <laughs> I think people are listening. They're like, how can I lean into yeah, yeah, more totally. magic? Yeah. How do I? So what I heard is that you didn't buy into fear. Yeah. You didn't buy into a future. You let it stay open yep. so that it could show you rather than assuming going narrow-minded, like I don't have money. I'm not going to be able to do this. I right. need to plan out of fear, yeah. control in advance. You stayed open. You followed your intuition or what felt right in your body to email the person say, this is incredible. I feel like there's magic. Unattached yeah. and in action. I call it surrendered action. Yeah. So no fear, surrendered action, trusting your intuition and just letting the magic carpet ride unfold. Totally. So as people are listening, it's like, okay, how can I play with this a little bit more in my own life? Yeah. And like, look at what you want. Like, what do you yeah. want to be true? Did I want to have to bail on this? experience and be like, oh, well, I can't afford the gas, so I guess I can't go. Yeah. Like, no, I didn't want that. What do you want to be true? What do you, what do you desire to, to create, to make happen, especially in relationship to these rules? Mm -hmm. Like what rules specifically hold you back the most mm -hmm. in your life? What are mm -hmm. the ones that you really follow and then you don't get to you know, get to the front of the line. Like, I remember, yeah, that moment with you where you're like, uh, no, like, I don't think uh, give, we should do that. Giving context, yeah. we're in Austin at this, what, river or something. I'm in the back of the line. It's like a three hour <laughs> line. I'm like, I'll save us a spot in the back of the line as you and somebody else come in. And you're, you're like, actually, I'm already in the river. And you came in 15 minutes late. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. So, and just came in, went to the front, like, and everyone was so happy to yeah. let you go into the front. It wasn't like you were overpowering anyone. Yeah. You're just in your magical delightful way. And people are like, yes, please. So it's an uplifting experience. The energy does matter. So yeah. questioning the fears and the energy matters. Yeah. And like, if you feel that you get to be this, this fairy sprinkling fairy dust around on people's path or like a fairy godmother or something, you know, I also go with that energy, which not everyone agrees with me. Yeah. I'm not everyone's cup of tea, but I go with the energy that like my- It's your truth. Yeah. And me being who I am is a mm -hmm. gift. Like yeah. I am here to bring joy and sparkles and fairy dust into any situation. And I certainly bring volcanic eruptions to others. You know, let's just be clear. But, <laughs> um, but I like that energy. And so I also never go in there with the desire to take something yes. from anyone else. Like yes. I'm going to give a gift of my presence and I'm going to hopefully- get what I want. Yeah. <laughs> and you do. And I do. Yeah. <laughs> and I know that intuition is a big part of your work. You've got a book, Intuition. Intuition. Uh -huh. the name. Um, share with us a little bit about maybe a time where you followed your intuition and it worked out in a time that you just didn't see it working out. Also just some hacks that people can do to tap into their intuition. Totally. Well, the, the, the hacks are the easy part, okay. you know, it's really about feeling into what is your way of receiving. So do you receive more visually? Do you receive more auditorially? You know, do you listen? Do you see pictures? Do you feel things? Um, because your intuition is going to communicate with you in whatever way is mm -hmm. easiest for you to hear and receive or feel and experience. So the first hacks are just like noticing what, when you like remember a song or a person's face or like a way that someone made you feel, which one of those is sort of the strongest sensation for you. That's a great first hack for intuition. Um, for me, I have had, oh my God, so many moments. There's just, it never stops. But small little things were like, when I first started actually on that same trip in Sedona, I first started having a relationship to the stars. Mm -hmm. 
And I was looking at this one star and it's like twinkling. And I was like, cool, this is pretty. And it's like, we're serious. And I was like, it's nice. No, we are serious. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. You know, like whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't have a relationship to the stars like this. And I was like, well, I'm just going to check. And I like pulled out my little star app and it's like, this is serious A and B right there. And I was like, okay, that's wild. Mm -hmm. Next night I'm looking up and I just felt this really big expansive energy from this super light glowing orb. And I was like, whoa, like that feels really good. And it's like, well, yes, I am Jupiter. I am the expander. And I was like, that can't be happening again. Like is another star telling me who it is? This is weird. And check the app. And again, it's mm -hmm. Jupiter. I'm like, whoa, this is the energy of expansion. This mm -hmm. is the great benefic. This is the planet of abundance and blessings. And I mean, they, it goes on and on. Like yeah. I do this thing called a channeled writing and it, I ask my intuition or my higher self to write to me, through me, anything I meant to receive in the moment. And then I would just like write a letter from myself every day. And the days that I would follow the guidance that mm -hmm. I was given, the days that I would go to whatever weird place, I'm like, why would I do this? But like, okay, this mm -hmm. is where you want me to go. I'm going to go and do it. Would be the time that I would like bump into this person that I hadn't seen in a decade that I've been thinking about and like wanting to reach out mm -hmm. to, but just, you know, feeling weird. Like, has it been too long? And then they would be there and we'd have this beautiful moment. Or like, I would be super broke and just really feeling like, I, what am I doing? Like, I want to be helping people. Why do I not have enough clients? And then I would like, Mm -hmm. make a client mm -hmm. and a big sale, like from this one thing when I thought I was in too much desperation to even manifest it, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, but again, for, for people that are really just cultivating it, you mentioned it before, life is a mirror. Mm -hmm. And so the biggest, I think the biggest hack to intuition, if you can't figure out how to see, feel, hear this like voice of your inner wisdom and guidance system, use your life. Mm -hmm. use the mirror and the reflection of the world around you. How is it communicating to you? Your earth, this is your earthly element, your physical body, your bones are like the stones in the mountain. That represents your physical environment, your home, your car, your career, your finances, your relationships. Then we look at the waters, the saliva in our mouth, the blood in our veins, like the rivers and creeks and streams inside of us. These are the creative emotional aspects of our life. This is like, you know, our tears and our sweat and the sweet waters between our legs. Then there's the air and the breath that we exchange. The green plants around us make that air for us. And breath is how we communicate, right? It's how we exchange with the world. So it's the element of our mind and our mm -hmm. expression. And then the fire is this electricity that's making our heartbeats in every moment. It's the light of the sun. And it's how we take action. It's how we move forward. It's our will. And so you can look at the world around you, what's happening? Like if a curtain catches fire or the ways that the clouds are shaped or like a pipe bursts and there's water running everywhere. Anything that happens mm -hmm. in your life can be interpreted and can have a, a larger, deeper, greater message or element of significance for you. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's actually the easiest way because then you don't have to attach to oh, I have to hear it or see it or feel my psychic gifts in this certain way. It's like, no, how can I just find the significance of what's happening to me in my life mm -hmm. right now? And, and those, the challenging moments, you know, those are the hardest ones to kind of take our personal or emotional attachment out of. But those challenging moments are really the ones that I think are the greatest roadmap to our healing. Yeah. It's because they're going to show you 
what the dark beliefs are, what the limitations are, where the pain is stored. And, and those have been the ultimately like the greatest gifts Mm -hmm. in my life and the best way to explore how that mirror of reality is inviting you to find deeper layers of yourself. And I'm hearing you talk about it on a symbolic level, not necessarily like, you know, what does fire represent? And so one way that I know, even with dream interpretation, you can also do it with this dream, Mm -hmm. the waking dream, which is to write and journal from fire. I'm hot. I'm destructive. I am. So start channeling what the, what the medicine of fire is. And then how is that giving you different insight into your waking reality? Um, the same as with dream interpretation. So if you wake up and you're walking down a path, you can say, I, you literally speak in first person from every aspect of the dream, right? There's no separation. So I am the ground, I hold you. And then you can have greater level of your own intuition and insight through that, which is a little bit more gestalt psychotherapy. It's, it's pretty profound. I stopped doing a dream interpretation because that dreamland was so, it was taking up so much of my time. I'm like, just make it clear in this reality. So I just work with one instead of working with dreams, but there's so much we can access through our unconscious too. I know Girl, you're such a professional witch. Like, I just can't. I'm like, this is, you're dropping wisdom on me. I'm like, oh, I never even heard of that dream magic. Like, well, yes. Okay, good. My intuition speaks in song. Yeah. So I remember one day I was, I was. It does? It does. So I, it's like, it's subconscious slash intuition. So I was doing something I felt guilty about and I start singing Dave Matthews. I did it. Guilty as Ugh. charged. Uh-huh. I'm like, Okay or I'll just get guidance. And so when I was hearing you talking about, you know, I think intuition really is the bridge to get into synchronistic flow. Yeah. Just to follow that beyond logic and more research is coming out. Heart math specifically says that there's an intelligence in the heart that precedes the mind. Totally. So they put those electrodes on people's heads and they, before sharing random images, their heart responded because there's an intelligence that again, precedes the mind to the exact image of what it, it's like a yeah. puppy dog. Yeah, and it's warm, energetic. Or like fire or violence. And then there was fear in the body, but before the mind could even yeah, see, see it. it. So intuition is legit. It's a superpower. I love that you're supporting people and waking up to it. I also teach it in my certification program. We we do what I call a, an intuition journal because most of us were already in touch. Yeah, yeah, totally. And we just don't have confidence to really yeah. trust it. And so I love the the intuition journal, if people want to do this, it's just three things. Identify what, what did you receive that day? Yeah. Was it, and it can start small. I used to do this running down a street. Do I want to go left or right? Yeah. No, like big choices at yeah. first to build that muscle. So what was, what was the guidance I got? How did I get it? Just like you're talking. Did I feel it? Did yeah. I hear it? And then was it accurate? And if you do that for seven days, it starts to build the confidence in how you're hearing it. And then is it more refined to to actually be accurate or not? Does it actually direct me in the, in the ways that I'm wanting to lead my life? So yeah. for me personally, I can't trust my mind because my ego runs with it, but I know in my gut, I yeah. follow my gut. So I started listening to my mind, but then my ego would run with it and loop me. Yeah. So, but I, I just love that you're doing this work around intuition. I feel like this is such a superpower. Yeah. And I remember in my life, you know, I was living in San Diego years ago, going to grad school in this beautiful relationship. I thought I was going to get married to this guy had my whole life figured out. And my intuition was just like, I need to move. I Mm. need to move to Santa Monica. I Mm. need to literally, I stopped grad school. I left a relationship for no reason. It makes sense now at the time, but he was a beautiful man. 
And I remember crying in my Honda Prelude, like, what the fuck did I just do? I just gave away this beautiful life for what? I don't even know. It was just true and right in my body. And I followed it and it led me to the most magical life that I live now that I couldn't even conceive that it was possible for me. But I started doing work at a spiritual psychology program where I started giving myself permission to want what I want, to start magical thinking and dreaming and manifestation while doing the healing work, which I think is important. We need to do the healing work because affirmations on top of trauma, it's not going to really be fruitful. Affirmations aren't going to do anything. (laughs) They they help when you reprogram or manifestation after you've done the shadow work. That's the basic. But it doesn't really work otherwise. And that's what alchemy is. It's like you cannot... You're not going to be able to like make a spell, like just yeah. snap your fingers and everything's easy. And it yeah. just happened like this. I made a hundred thousand dollars. Like, <laughs> no, yeah. you have to heal the parts that don't believe that it's possible That's right. or the parts that say that magic isn't real or that you're not worthy of receiving these blessings. Mm-hmm. Like the healing work is ultimately, I think- that's, that's right. the core that's of it all. Right. If you want magic, do your healing. That's if you want right. power, if you want synchronicity, if you want manifestation, if you want money, like do your healing. That's right. <laughs> and then it comes from an integrative place. Yeah. Not like, I loved what you said, not taking power over, just having, being in your own sovereignty, your own innate wisdom and power and owning yeah. that, you know, that power can be silent, but it is felt and it is way more powerful than any other force in the world. Completely. That love that is embodied. Yeah. And so I... You know, I love this. I hear from people often around what is the difference between fear and intuition? Mm. And for me, when I check in, it's really, I can hear an intuitive guidance that's hard to hear. Yeah. But in my body, there's a ring of truth. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's hard to hear, but it's true. (laughs) You're right. Yeah. (laughs) It doesn't have that fear static on the line. How do you kind of guide people to really tune into their voice of wisdom, um, the difference between intuition and fear? I think what you just said is it. I, how I put it is expansion versus contraction. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, fear feels bad. It makes literally the many of the functions in your body shut down. Like your digestive system is going to shut down. Your sexual system is going to shut down. Your nervous system is going to be on high alert. Uh, you know, your vision will sharpen. Like all these systems in your body turn on immediately if you're in fear. If you're in joy or peace or anything else, like your body is just in a more regulated state. Mm -hmm. And so I think that fear in general, you can always sense the textures of it. That doesn't mean that it won't be there if your intuition tells you to do something that's really edgy and really big and you're like, oh shit, I don't know if I can handle that. That's terrifying. Mm -hmm. But- That's a good distinction. Yeah. Because as we're growth-minded, we're willing to put ourselves outside of our comfort zone that our life gets freer and bigger. There's like this, even though it's like a rock solid tuning fork of like "Mm, truth, we still move forward because it's letting go of the fear. The fear could be on the line, but there's a deeper knowing is what I'm hearing you say. Yeah. And I mean, and and doing the things that are right for you, this is why I this is why I say that everyone feels the witch wound is because doing the things that are right for you are terrifying for all of us right yeah, now yeah. because of how many people have been wiped out for doing it or just, mm-hmm. you know, shut down and silenced and suppressed like because our society is not built by people who are like living their best lives mm-hmm. or else they would not be damaging and harming and pillaging other people and profiting off of other people that just would not yeah. be happening. And so it is going to feel scary. It's actually going to feel fucking terrifying. 
but there is still an element of expansion of Mm -hmm. like, I am moving in the direction of my destiny. I must overcome this thing or this fear or say yes to this challenge and face it and witness who I become on the other side of it because my other option, and this is what I think is so interesting having come from where we did, is like the other option is that I'm, it's, it's like, it is the death. You may, mm-hmm. you might not die mm-hmm. physically, but it's like Informing. the death of belief within yourself, mm-hmm. the death of your joy, of your courage, your confidence, you know, your trust in the universe, your trust in yourself. Mm-hmm. And if, if that's the alternative, if it's like, oh, I'm going to just be disappointed in myself, or I'm just going to be like, oh, <laughs> part of you dies. Part of you dies. Mm-hmm. And like, that's, I certainly lived that way. Mm-hmm. That's how I started seeking magic is because so many parts of me had died that I just wasn't really living anymore. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to figure out what it meant to be alive. And it was the scariest thing I ever faced. And I still face it. And it's still worth it. Yeah. Every single time. Every time. (laughs) And so, you know, just even like 5% more today or 10%, whatever feels true for people to lean into that and know that fear is natural. But as you presence that fear inside, it starts to transform and your life gets bigger as a result. Yeah. And, and then the edges that you meet that are things like someone asked me the other day on the plane home, like having this weird little convergence. It was a total divine appointment in like the business class lounge. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this guy was like, so what are your edges then? Like, what are the things that are mm-hmm. going to push you? And I had to really, really think about it. And I was like, well, I guess doing, you know, like a wilderness survival thing, like 10 days with no food, you know, like in the vision quest, like single yeah. circles and like your I dad did. probably does. I did. Yeah, exactly. when, I was, when I was 20, I put myself through a vision quest yeah. because I was like, I feel like I need to write a passage. Yeah. And there's nothing in modern society that's going to do yep. this. Yeah. Yeah. So like that kind of thing. And he was like, wow, that's fucking terrifying. I'm like, well, yeah, my edges are pretty big. You yeah. Know? <laughs> like, and so is your life as a result. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because I've stretched my comfort zone so far beyond what I could have ever thought before. Yeah. And, and that is, you know, like, that's the magic. That's these different beliefs where rules do bend to me because I have reclaimed so much of the power that like society wants to have over us by disempowering us and making Mm -hmm. us feel like we're less or unworthy or we Mm -hmm. don't have the capacity to wield Mm -hmm. and not, I don't want to say manipulate reality, but like manifest in reality. And Every single time we stretch and get bigger, we are more magnetic to like, mm-hmm. oh, here, this little doorway just opened for me. You know, yeah. look at that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't believe it. How nice. <laughs> uh, because we are literally portals of yeah. more energy than we, you know, than we were when we, mm-hmm. when we got here or than we we're designed to be by our society. And so for people that are wanting to live more in alignment with their hearts, more in harmony with nature, I know one of the things you talk about is your menstrual cycle with the lunar, right? This is one ritual and practice. Can you share a little bit about it for people that are interested? Okay. We're going to this with this audience. Hello, everyone. Great. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So the word taboo originally comes from a Polynesian word for menstruation because Mm -hmm. It's like the ultimate taboo that used to be just a totally normal part of our life. One of the oldest shamanic sites ever discovered over 40,000 years old, pre-Ice Age. The only things that were left in it were rocks covered in menstrual blood and swan wings, one of the most ancient signs of purity and love and beauty and divine union. Swans mate for life. And so, yeah, there's, I mean, when we're not utilizing too much artificial light or having you know, artificial hormones in our bodies, Mm -hmm. 
your Mm -hmm. period, your moon cycle will line up with the moon. Mm -hmm. Generally, we bleed on the new moon. It's the dark moon, dark time of our bodies and ovulate on the full moon, um, which is, you know, a lot of women don't experience that because we have lots of light these days. Um, Anybody who comes over to my house at night knows that like it's pitch black and there's a few candles and a few salt lamps and that's it. And everyone's like, can I turn a light on? I'm like, no, you can't actually. Uh, I got to bleed with the full moon this month. You know? And um, But it also helps all of our rhythms. It helps our circadian rhythm. The reason why we go to sleep at night is because the sun goes down. And so then our body stops receiving light and starts producing melatonin. And so the longer we have light on after sunset, the longer we're pushing back that melatonin production in our bodies. And all of those rhythms mm-hmm. play in. Mm-hmm. And so- our blood is a is a part of the rhythms in our life. And it's definitely something, you know, for me, I I think about people always are like, ew, my dog drinks out of the toilet. I'm like, no, ew, human beings shit in clean water. Like <laughs> the dog is like seeing clean water being sourced into the house at all times. Like he's just doing what instinctually he's designed to mm-hmm, do. Mm-hmm. And we're the ones being gross. Like we're poisoning the water, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, so that's been a big piece for me is like, I wanted to create a relationship to this thing that society and the patriarchy has told me is bad or gross or wrong, or I need to hide, or I'm like ashamed of as a little girl Mm -hmm. in school. And I, you know, it's like the blood that creates life. People are paying $20,000 for those same stem cells to get shot into their knee. And I'm like, well, why don't I just create a ceremony yes. and and relate to this time in my life and in my body as a ritual. And so I do. These are these sacred waters. Like I can bleed for seven days and not die. What a miracle. This is amazing. So yeah, I spend a lot of time at home alone. I try not to work. Uh, I really just hang out by myself. I don't even sleep in the same bed as my partner. I put him in the guest room for a couple <laughs> of nights, which he's totally fine to do just so my dream time can be really clear <laughs> and my intuition is really clear. And do a lot of just sacred practice and quiet and take an edible and watch a Disney movie, like do whatever <laughs> I want, you know? Um, but but for me, it really is such a, a nod to the days when, you know, it's not an accident that we all mm-hmm. sync up. When you mm-hmm. spend time mm-hmm. with women and start bleeding at the same time, it's because we all would have left the tribe mm-hmm. for that week and been like, bye boys, we're going on a girl's trip. Yeah. And like gone and sit sat in a tent or in a circle all together Mm -hmm. to laugh. And when you think about the generations, grandmas and granddaughters could have been bleeding Mm -hmm. all together. Mm -hmm. You could have three generations Mm -hmm. bleeding Mm -hmm. in a tent very easily. And it's a heightened time of intuition. I I remember when I was doing shamanic work with my dad, there was this rock that you could see different women would bleed together on the rock. And if you're in a heightened sense of your intuition and the women come together and counsel to listen to the greater wisdom for the tribe or for the community, I think it's a potent time. I I don't know for me how, you know, it's, there's a le- element of practicality, yeah. but also, you know, this is beautiful. If we have this space to set up our day or our yeah. workflow to support our natural flow, I think it's smart. Totally. And I also know that you talk about sex magic and I would love to hear about that ritual that people can explore, whether they're single or in relationship. Yeah, so I my lineage of sex magic comes from our dear sister Layla. Mm-hmm. And so this is a practice that I um yeah, just transformed my life. I did learn it and come to it in a time where I was very much 
single and celibate. So mm-hmm. I was I was absolutely a solo sex magic practitioner for many years. And it's really about using our breath and our energy. Tantra is, I know you've talked a little bit about Tantra on here before. My experience of Tantra is very much a goddess-based elemental alchemical process. Mm -hmm. It's how we work with, again, the body of the earth, the breath of the wind, the emotions of the water and the action and the energy of the fire, how we're moving, how we're generating heat, how we're creating transformation in the body. And so sex magic, again, in my lineage, there's like so many different ways of doing it. You can choose your own adventure by all means. But how we work with it is starting the energy generating either in the base or the root or with the crown. If you feel like doing more of a birthing energy, you can move the from the crown down to the root. But how we usually do it is from the root up to the crown. And you work with the red primal wild energy of the root. What does that look like? What does it feel like? How does it move in you up into the sacral chakra? the waters, the orange, the womb into the solar plexus, the fire, the power, the 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 heat, and again, the transformation up into the heart, the breath, the love, the expansion of gratitude into the throat chakra, the expression, use all the sounds you want, very helpful, <laughs> and deeper breathing into the third eye chakra, the visions, what does it look like? What do you see? What do you receive? How do you experience, again, that like sixth sense or that higher vision, not just with your eyes. And then the crown chakra is that connection to the divine. And you breathe through each of these chakras and generate, cultivate the energy and build it up as you move. And if you reach peak pleasure, if you reach orgasm at the seventh chakra, you envision what we call your five senses reality. And the five senses reality is the lived experience of having this thing Mm -hmm. that if you're doing, obviously you can do sex magic just for enjoyment because it totally works, Mm -hmm. but we tend to do it for like manifesting things and helping people, you know, get book deals or whatever it is. (laughs) And so that five senses reality is how does it look? How does it smell? How does it feel? Not just physically, Mm -hmm. but also emotionally, like what do you touch? Um, what do you taste? And what do you hear? Mm-hmm. Pretty sure that's all five. Beautiful. You know, you know the five senses, yeah. right? <laughs> and then the the additional sixth sense is the feeling, mm-hmm. is like the, the emotional experience of it. And you just let yourself bask in that as you, you know, allow the orgasmic pleasure to rain down upon you. And, and you really anchor in the feeling, again, of like going through that door, moving into that imaginal place, into that... Um, magical reality mm-hmm. that is, this is what I want to happen. Mm-hmm. This is what I want to be my reality. And so, yeah, I lead that at all of my retreats. You know, I do my full Hogwarts experience, castle retreats in Scotland and Ireland and all over the UK. And it's really like tantric goddess Hogwarts. It's slightly different than charms class, you know, <laughs> but that is absolutely one of the most beautiful, powerful mm-hmm. rituals mm-hmm. that I am so grateful to carry the transmission of and and have the opportunity to lead. And you can absolutely do it with just breath. You can integrate self-pleasure. You can integrate, you know, pleasure with your partner or partners, whatever you're into, and and really make it your own yeah. practice. It can be so powerful with just breath. I've had plenty of sisters do it and have orgasms with just breath. And, and then when you bring in the physical, sensual nature of pleasure, you're really just amplifying the the self-love or the love between you and the partner you're sharing it with. And 
obviously that's going to support any manifestation. That's right. Yeah. Fully embodied. That's right. Beautiful. So just in closing, is there, because it's the holiday season, is there something that is a ritual or a ritual that we can play with for this holiday season to do it a little bit more consciously? Yes. Well, one of the things that most people don't know is that decorating your tree is an ancient pagan ritual. Mm -hmm. Like so many of the little ways that we celebrate um, Hanukkah and and Christmas during this time um, are all pagan rituals, like pretty much every single one. But I personally love the idea of making sustainable decorations, Mm -hmm. gifts for people, because that was actually the way that we would have originally celebrated Christmas. It's like you would never buy anything from Amazon. You would never buy plastic things. It was like (laughs) all about crafting with what remained during this winter time. Mm -hmm. It was like, what a gift to still have oranges or to have these beautiful gourds. And, and, you know, like people would paint gourds and, and apples. Like the reason why all of the little orbs for Christmas trees are red is because it would be like apples on the Mm -hmm. tree, you know? And so uh, that's a really great ritual is just to either create a decoration or a gift for someone or, you know, some little festive holiday centerpiece or something from natural elements mm-hmm. that are still present during winter just to honor that there is still life even mm-hmm. during this dark time. That's a great one. Decorating your tree with more intention, like you could even, you know, put affirmations or, or set intentions, set intentions yeah. with every little mm. ornament that you're placing onto the tree. That's a super easy and good one cooking with each other, you know, that would have been something that was for survival, right? Mm -hmm. Like we've got to gather our resources together and what do we have left to make? What can we cook? What can we eat together? That's why we gather during this time is because we were all, you know, combining resources and sharing and taking care of one another. So that's a really great thing to do. And, and just crafting, being with people, connecting with them, making delicious things, making something beautiful, making gifts and I mean, if you want to get really wild, like doing mushroom ceremonies, because the reason why Santa is red and white is because his little Amanita muscaria, the little red and white mushrooms would pop up at the base of the pine trees, just like little presents during Christmas time. So, um, <laughs> you know, if you want to really enjoy your Yuletide and uh, <laughs> fly on Santa's sleigh, that's a really great way of doing it as well. Mm-hmm. I also was thinking about like the witches with with frogs, right? Isn't that some share? They're- oh, I don't know about the witches with frogs, but definitely like with the brew, with the potions yes. and the brews for sure. But these are magical frogs with medicine in them. Oh, those frogs. Those frogs. Oh, So nice. there's connections back to these Girl, things. What? I've never even thought of that yes. one. It's those kind of frogs. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So there's some traces back to as we're starting to wake up to. Yo, they're ah. bufo toes. That just blew my mind. Oh my God, it's okay. Wow. Look, y'all, she's planting wisdom on me too. I love this. Okay, great. I love you. And I know my I audience is going to want to stay connected. And I know you've got some books coming out. Share with us where we can learn about what you're up to. Yeah. So Intuition, my first book is out January 30th. And it is such a beautiful exploration of the law of correspondence of how you can learn to speak and communicate with the universe in this symbolic and primordial language that really empowers you to create a more magical life. And then I will have a tarot deck coming out in October and then Witchul, the second book is not out till next April. So we got a ways for that one. But um, yeah, all of my socials are at Mia Magic, M-I-A-M-A-G-I-K, 
website, YouTube, all the things, lots of long form content and questions like these. What are rituals? What are the true origins of the holidays? Um, a, lo- a lot of that longer form content lives on YouTube and is super fun for me over there. So, so all the magic Check all the time. Out. It's yeah. so good. So much magic. I love you. Sister. I love you so much. Babe. Thanks for being here. My pleasure. Thank you so much for doing this work that changes the world, starting with yourself. It truly does make a difference. And if you're finding value in this podcast, a cost-free way to support us is by leaving an up to five-star review. It does mean the world to us. And as a thank you gift, we're going to send you one of the most powerful tools that you will ever discover. You're going to get behind-the-scenes access showing you how to live into your full potential without letting fear hold you back from stepping into your dreams. Just head over to Apple Podcast or Spotify and leave a review now. You can take a screenshot before hitting submit and then go to alissanobriga.com forward slash podcast to upload it. And make sure to have your automatic downloads turned on wherever you listen so you don't miss any of the upcoming episodes. I have so much magic I can't wait to share with you. And you can find all this information in the show notes below. But lastly, if you're on Instagram, I love connecting and hearing from you. So come on over and say hello. I'm at alissanobriga. Thank you again for being here. I cannot wait to share more with you.